And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Today I have the ever so sweet and ever so talented Michaela Lane. Michaela is coming up the Texas country scene, doing the Midwest, doing the South. She is killing it. Um, she is the next Taylor Swift. She, she's got to be. And if she isn't, there's something wrong with country music. Because this girl is the real deal. She has everything. She has the look. She has the sound. She's sweet as could be. You're going to see all of that in this coming conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it with her. To Michaela, to her family, to her parents, to her management, thank you all so much for letting me sit down and talk with her. It was an absolute pleasure. I cannot wait to see what she does going forward and continue to have this relationship um, with her and follow her and do everything to help her succeed. Thank you all so much. Everybody enjoy Michaela Lane. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh no, God, my the pleasure is all mine. I'm so I've been looking forward to speaking to you for I, you don't even know how long now. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know the process and how this has all gone down, but um, I tried to have you on. Oh God, like one of the first um, interviews I did. Oh and, really? Yeah, and the schedules just weren't working out. You know, so right. You know, and then you know, you got busy. I got busy. So I'm just so happy that we finally are able to to do this. So I thank you for your time. Well, me too. Thank you for yours. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is all about you. You know, you're you're gonna tell us who you are, what you're doing, how you got to where you where you are, and I'll interject with questions as as I as I have them 
uh, come up. All right. That sounds good. So, so go ahead. All you. All right. So um, I started singing whenever I was five years old. I'm from, I was born in Kentucky. I live in Oklahoma now. Um, But I started singing whenever I was five. I would always sing around the house and like excessively. And it would always be songs I heard on the radio. You know, they were kind of not really my age type of songs. And my parents were like, they would hear me around the house all the time. And I was constantly singing. So they put me in lessons whenever I was five. And I had my first performance in Stanton, Kentucky. That's where I'm from. And ever since that, I just really loved it. Um, obviously, at five, I wasn't like, this is what I want to do for my career. But <laughs> yeah, it was so- <laughs> it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And it was a lot of fun. And it came naturally, which I thought was a really good sign. So after that, I just pursued music while I was there. I took lessons. Um, kind of, I kind of just saw it as like a hobby, something for something to do, like for fun. Um, but then whenever I was 10, I moved to Oklahoma and I, um, I still enjoyed music and I wanted to connect with a music school here or something like that. So mm-hmm. I started out at a music school and it was more on the classical side of things like theater and that just really like it was a great school, but it just didn't really fit my taste and the, the, the thing that I was looking for. Um, so my mom's friend knew of a place called Presser Music and I started taking lessons there and I took guitar lessons and voice lessons and I took guitar lessons from a teacher there named John Conrad and um, it was just really fun taking lessons with him. We got along real well um, and I just really enjoyed it a lot and working with him was fun and it was interactive and I really just enjoyed everything. So then I put out my first song, um, not on Spotify or anything like that, but I wrote a, we wrote a song together. We did a video for it and it was called rock and roll cowgirl. And we put that out whenever I was 11. Um, and that was really fun. That was my first kind of big project I would say. Um, so then I just started working with him more and, uh, he put a band together for me to play my own gigs whenever I was 13 And we've been playing around Tulsa and a bunch of other um, areas since I was 13 with pretty much um, the same band. There's been some changes, but um, they're all just a great group of guys. And uh, so I started that whenever I was 13. And I'd say probably age 13 is when I got more serious with it, age 13, 14. And then um, just recently or sort of recently, my... Uh, parents have hired John on full time. So uh, he works for our brand now, Michaela Lane Music. And we've been going to Nashville. I think it was the first time I went to Nashville, I was 13, I think, or 14. One of those two. And I've been playing the old red slots. Um, I've played all of them now. So that's been fun. Um, I played that stage over there when I was 13 or 14 in Nashville. Um but I started out at the Old Red in Tishomingo. So I've just been doing my own shows, my own gigs ever since I was 13. And John is kind of my right-hand man. And he got me into, um, you know, playing with a live band and kind of doing my own thing. And now he's hired full-time and we're writing and producing our own music. My EP, Miles From Nowhere, that hasn't been out for too long. Um, we both wrote all those songs and we both produced them in our studio in Tulsa. 
together. And that was really fun to play such a big part in, in that process. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a quick summary of everything. No. Yeah. And that, and that's perfect. You know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, I kind of, when I talk to people about who, who's going to be on the show, I always kind of, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the artists aren't really known or, you know, up and comers and, and all that. So like, I try to give them a, a perspective of who I'm talking to. And, um, you know, your name has come up quite a bit in conversation with, you know, the people in my circle. And, um, you know, when I found out how young you are, you know, it took me by surprise because, you know, I had heard your music. I was listening to your stuff. And then um, when your people said, well, you know, she's, she's, what are you, 15 now? I think it is. I'm like, 16. 16. Sorry. 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 No, that's okay. Close, <laughs> en- close enough. Yeah. Cause when they said that, I like, I almost fell out of my seat because <laughs> I was like, this girl sounds like she's been, you know, doing this professionally forever. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You know, I, and I, like I tell people, I'm like, you know, she has, you know, you have the grit and you have the talent and you have the perseverance to really, you know, be bigger than some of the other country stars that have started at your age or earlier, earlier, you know, like Taylor and Leanne Rhymes, like you, you've surpassed to me them already. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so how did how did this latest EP come come about? Are these songs that were, you know, just kind of sitting around and it was just time to release them or? They weren't. So these are all new songs. Um, the first song that we wrote off of the record was the single, the current single, Wild Like mm-hmm. the Wind. And the, the kind of a background on that is um, last December, I think it was, um, so you know how they have the NFR every year and the finals are normally in Vegas, the mm-hmm. big championship at the NFR. And they couldn't do it last year because COVID. So um, some people had to switch their finals down um, in different states and like different centers and fairgrounds, expo centers um, to like host their events. So there was a rodeo called the Vegas Toughest Rodeo, and they are the largest um, youth rodeo. So they had to bring their qualifier, not their qualifier, they had to bring their championship to Tulsa at the Expo Center um, because they couldn't do it in Vegas because COVID. So Mm -hmm. they were kind of um, having to scramble and find people to do some stuff. And it was just kind of stressful since they had to make that change so fast. But I ended up um, presenting some awards there. I sang the national anthem. I did um, a performance for the for the finals party. So like the the contestants who were the best out of each event, they had a little party, and I performed with my full band there. So I was just kind of the entertainment. And we met the owners, and they're really great. It's, they're very hands on in their company, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and we just, we really got along well. So I'm kind of their brand ambassador, I guess you could say. Um, I've been with them for this whole year and I'm getting ready to, um, not this coming weekend, but next weekend we're headed to Vegas um, for their finals since they can do it there now. But um, long story short, Wild Like the Wind came about while I was 
a part of this rodeo and just kind of being around that every day. I was already, I'm already around like the Western lifestyle all the time. Like I grew up in it and stuff. So it wasn't really anything new, but um, the rodeo world is definitely uh, very different. So I was kind of wondering, I was like, all these people here, like they have to have husbands or wives that aren't here with them all the time and they're back at home. So, or kids or whatever it is, but this is from the perspective of like a husband and a wife. So I I came to John and I was like, I think it would be cool to write a song about the perspective of, in my case, the woman who's at home and having like your typical cowboy riding away song and then having this husband who's always out doing rodeos or whatever you want to call it. Um, So that's kind of how that came about. And we wrote that one actually pretty quickly. Um, But that was that was a really fun one to write because that whole um, experience with the rodeo really sparked that song. And I I thought it was really cool. That's, that's awesome. That's a great, you know, that's a great story to tell because, you know, it's, it's, it's a different story than what country music, you know, or mainstream country music typically gets right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get the typical, you know, the pickup and the dog and the, you know, the beer drinking. The beer. Right. But you don't get, (laughs) like exactly what you said that western lifestyle that's you know a whole nother subset of the genre that you know doesn't get represented as much as it you know maybe should right and that's what that's the big thing for me is like my whole sound is trying to lean more to that because like I feel like that's what country music was built off of like literally the king of country music like George Strait his music is completely different from what you're hearing on the radio now, like Chris Ledoux, all those guys. Yeah. Um, we're just completely different from what you hear right now. And I think it's kind of sad that you don't hear it um, as much as you used to. So that's what I think I try to do with this EP is kind of do a mix a little bit because you have to appeal to both sides of country, which is like like the hardcore, like 90s country And then you have like the mainstream people who are kind of like more pop country. So what I tried to do with this EP was kind of give a little bit of in between, but staying true to what I really like and the music that I enjoy listening to. Um, So we kind of did like your basic country music with a few influences of the more modern elements, um, whether that be like synthesized drums or whatever, whatever it is. Um, So that's kind of what we try to do here, but mainly stick to that side of country that isn't portrayed as much as it I think should be so yeah and you know it, it kind of coincides a lot with the you know the phenomenon that has become Yellowstone in the last couple of years where <laughs> right you know it, it, people have now starting to get into that cult that cultural part of you know the west and the in the midwest and you know that that exactly what you said that whole cowboy mindset and and how that all plays Right. And I think it's really cool um, because I have definitely noticed uh, a few artists going a different route. Miranda Lambert is someone that I've noticed recently. Um, She's kind of rebranded herself to appeal more to that side. I mean, she's doing the Marfa tapes, like going back to her tech to Texas, like where she's from. And then you have Cody Johnson over here who's doing amazing in the country scene, but he's got a totally different sound. And you've got Ian Munsick over here that's like doing the whole Wyoming um thing which I think is really cool so I think yeah I I definitely think it's taking a turn for sure because obviously country does go through phases because you have like the bro country and then you have like pop country and then like 90s country and it's all kind of just a trend and then you have like Texas red dirt there's just a bunch of different um 
parts, but I definitely agree that there's kind of like a trend going back to the older stuff, which I think is cool. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, unfortunately, where I am up here in Boston, like we don't, a lot of those Texas, um, you know, Oklahoma bands that are huge down there um, don't come up here um, right. for, what, for whatever reason, you know. Um, you know, I don't think Cody Johnson has been up here for a major tour in ever, <laughs> you know, really? and, and that's even with, you know, the success with human, you know, I don't think, you know, we're just not a market that he plays to, you know, and it, it's right. unfortunate because he, he can sell out, you know, arenas, you know, mm-hmm. without right. even, without even a thought. I know. Um, so what do you, you know, I know, I know this EP just came out, but what is, what is your long-term plan? Like why, you know, what made, what made the move from Kentucky to Oklahoma? I'm guessing your parents had a lot to do with that. Uh, they yeah. did. <laughs> um, so is there any, has there been a discussion about, you know, rerouting you to Nashville or are you sticking where you are until school's over? Like what, what's going on there? Well, um, so the reason we moved to Oklahoma is my dad's in the oil and gas business. So um, we just had, he just had better job opportunities here. So we made the move whenever I was in fifth grade. So we've been here for about six years now. And I've been going to Nashville quite a bit. We try to go once every three weeks, but. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so we go a lot. And, but I do online school. I don't okay. go in person anymore because of the time commitment of being gone and it would just be too much. So. Um, I do online school so that I can take it wherever I'm going. But the what we've been hearing uh, to be like successful and actually sell music, which is the ultimate goal, is to actually like make money off of everything you're doing. Yeah. Um, to actually sell out in this um, industry, you have to have certain kind of like names on your projects. Sure. Um, so I think, I think we're just trying to kind of break into that whole scene. Um, it's, it's been sort of difficult, but it's really fun, like meeting all those people down there because they're all really nice and it's great to know like different producers, different writers. And so I've been going down there a while and it's a very welcoming community. Um, there's definitely different like marketing down there like there is in Texas it's all it all just kind of has its own thing so um I do go to Nashville quite a bit and I will record um my stuff my stuff coming up in Nashville but uh I think what I'm gonna really try to do is like do everything in Nashville and get like um Nashville producers point of view and like their perspective and take that and also blend it with my sound like I was telling you about like the older stuff the more western thing because I don't think you can really get much better than blending two things that are working in different places and then trying to make it work everywhere. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do with my music right now. Yeah. And you know what? I think you're, you know, talking about it and really, really thinking about it. I think you're in the absolute perfect point with that, you know, because there is, you know, like we were talking about with Cody Johnson, you know, he has, he has that Nashville appeal with still being his you know true to himself exactly you know? and he's and it's actually, working. yeah he's actually um probably one of my bigger inspirations for how he does things like that because um i was in a meeting and we were we were actually talking about how he's really good about that having like 
everyone in Nashville knows who Cody Johnson is, but then everyone in Texas, Oklahoma, everywhere knows who he is. And right. both both places love his music. So he does a really good job kind of merging the two. And it's and it's worked out real good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I I think you're right. I think the next phase of country music as we know it might be that. You know, I think so, so too. You know, because I think you know, I, I was actually listening to a to a podcast with Bobby Bones today and how he, you know, how he hates hearing you know, well, that's not country music and that sort of thing, but that's, you know, that's a real sentiment. And right. I think, I think that Texas, Oklahoma sound is what, you know, re- I hate to say real country fans, but you know, the old school country fans are, are longing for, you know, they're not, right. they don't want to hear necessarily a pop song with us with a twang, you know, they want right. to hear, you know, that grit and that heartache, like it, like it used to be. Right, and I think it just comes with, like, authenticity, too, um, because, like, whenever, like, people who listen to that type of music or live that type of life, they can tell, like, within five seconds, like, if you're authentic or not, and if your music is authentic, and whenever they hear, like, someone trying to combine both of it, they're kind of just, like, not necessarily, but usually they're just kind of immediately turned off from that, and I think it's... uh kind of they kind of just form their own opinion and then um it's like well the people in my state don't sound like that so I'm just not gonna associate you know what I mean so they're just they're they're just very like they take pride in their music there and I think it's really good um for them too but it's just different tastes I guess and what people like it's very interesting though because there is such a big um, I think wave of people wanting the older country and it's I think it's like actually like making an effect so I don't yeah. know no I think you're absolutely right and you know it's it's really kind of crazy how you know if you look at the history of country music how it has ebbed and flowed over the years you know like when I was growing up you know people would say Garth Brooks wasn't country music and now he you know he you think country music you think Garth Brooks you know it's so right. it's so crazy you know <laughs> it is you know um you know but like I think about it and in 20 years 30 years you know my kids, I'm not sure they're going to look back at this time in country music and think, you know what, now that is, that is the quote unquote face of country music like Garth is and has been over the last 20, 30 years. You know, it's, it's just, it's a weird kind of thing to navigate. It is. Um, it really is. So how, how did you get discovered? I guess you could say how, who, um, you know, who, who came to you and was like, Hey, you really have something here. Let's, send you to Nashville well no one uh really did that it was kind of just my parents have been um pushing and been like behind me and supported me like ever since I told them that I think this is what I wanted to do so there wasn't someone who like was listening to me at a gig and be like oh my gosh you're good like let's send you to Nashville it definitely wasn't like that um but because I know that happens with so many people but that's not necessarily what happened for me um but I just kind of I feel like we've done it like the the longer way, but I feel like it's it's gonna like pay off more in the long run. Um, so what we did is we kind of just did it ourselves, and we started going to Nashville. We created a band first. We played our own gigs here, and then my mom um is was my manager and still is my manager, and she would reach out to um venues here, and then 
um, Nashville. And it's honestly, it's all about who, you know, really, oh, yeah. because yeah. Um, like that's, that's like 99% of it is like who, you know, and making connections and that sort of thing. So we, um, the, I guess the guy who really introduced me to Nashville was Anthony Corder. Um, I guess you could say that's kind of who you would be thinking of right now, but he, um, he was kind of my mentor at the beginning and he still is. Um, but he really just kind of showed me the ropes and like introduced me to the right people. And it kind of just started from, from there. Um, I worked with precious Harris for a while and then she introduced me and it just kind of kept growing. Um, but there wasn't really one person who saw me and made the initiative to like introduce me to people in Nashville. We kind of had to do everything ourselves. That's awesome. I think, I think that makes you a better artist. I think it makes, I think it makes a better impression on you, you know, career wise, you know, because you could have easily, you have the chops, you have the talent to, you know, win those, um, you know, TV sing, sing along shows. Right. But, but you're not doing it that way. You're doing it, you know, the quote unquote right way, you know, and I think that that just says a lot about you and, it says a lot about how your parents see you and, you know, hope the best for you. Yes, sir. Let's, it's been a, it's been really fun. And I feel like we have done it the right way because I have had opportunities to be on like the voice and stuff and it just didn't really appeal to me and it didn't seem like something I wanted to do. So um, we chose to do it this way instead. And it's starting, it's really starting to pay off, I think. Yeah. And that's great. That's awesome. It's so good to hear and good. So good to see. Um so, you know, I know, I know you got a lot going on, so I'll take a, just a few more minutes if you don't mind. Um, so how, how have you balanced, you know, the, I know you talk about how you, you know, you do everything kind of remote. Um, what, when did the decision to pull you from school or in-person school come? What, well, what, what was the driving factor behind that? Well, I, um, whenever we moved actually to Oklahoma, I had been playing volleyball for a while and I moved to Oklahoma and then I started playing club and I got like really good and got on this like really, really, really good team. And I played volleyball forever and it was something I really loved, but then I also had music. So I had to try to balance the two and that was really hard. And then also going to school. And at the time I lived like 45 minutes from my school. I went, I lived, um, about an hour from Tulsa. So that drive was also terrible every day. Um, mm. I went to school in Tulsa at a private school. So um, it was just all kind of difficult. So then, so first I made the decision to stop playing volleyball. And then it was my sophomore year, like halfway through my sophomore year was when I started doing online. Um, I chose to do it over Christmas because COVID like they were freaking out over that and that would like stress me out every day and I hated dealing with that so um I didn't like that aspect of it and then it was kind of just the repetitive like I was about to start driving and driving an hour and getting up at five was just not sounding good <laughs> so yeah. so um then I had to make a choice it was like well would you rather go to school and have to like do your music after school whenever you could be spending all day on it and then get school done real quick. So I, I chose the music over that. So um, halfway through my sophomore year is whenever I started doing online and then I've done um, all of my junior year online so far. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one of my last questions I have for you based on what you've got going on. Um, 
when it comes to playing out and doing live shows, do you have a plan to, or do you have a desire to broaden this and play everywhere? Do you want to stay kind of where you are until you, you know, really, really build something bigger than, than it is now and then kind of go from there? Or are you just willing to play wherever, wherever anybody will have you at this point? Well, there's really two routes and uh, we've like talked about this a lot, but there's really two routes you can go. And that is, um, I keep going back to this, but really the Texas route and the Texas way to do things like Red Dirt Music, like your Randall Kings, Tristan Merez, Aaron Watson, all these yeah. guys, um, they are the type, they'll post, a, they'll post like a show flyer and it's like the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth. And they're just going everywhere that they possibly can and like really grinding it on the road. And um, I think that that is one way to do it because like that's the best way to build fans and get your name out there is to just go in front of everyone and play. But um, uh, then again, there's the other route, which I think some more of the mainstream artists take is like kind of um, getting into the Nashville community, doing a few um, writing sessions and then maybe signing a publishing deal and then a record deal. And then they'll start going out and their record, record label will push them out into different venues or have them open for someone on their label. And then there's that sort of route. So what yeah. I've been doing this so far is, kind of in between but I would say more on the playing shows every chance you can side of things um but I will say what I have stopped doing and what I probably won't go back to doing is like the three or four hour slots um just because those are those are not the best for your voice and for you and your band and it's just it's just not very reasonable in my opinion so I've stopped doing those. I did those a lot whenever I was a lot younger, which is weird. It's like, how did, how did you do those when you were younger and you don't want to do them now? But um, now I'm doing like opening slots, one, one and a half hour to two hour slots, um, that sort of thing. So there's yeah. not really a hard path that I would take really. But um, I think the one thing that I would stick away from is those like super, super long sets. Um, that's definitely an answer that I could give you for sure. Yeah, um, no, no, I totally get that, yeah. But, yeah, but there's not really a hard and fast answer there for me. We haven't really, because, I mean, there's really nothing. The, the music industry is kind of weird and that sort of thing. You kind of have to feel it out, and everyone has a different thing that worked for them. Like, my story is completely different than Jason Aldean's or whoever you want to say. Um, sure. Because it's just... I don't know. It's just how you get discovered. And I think people do it in a different way, but I don't really have a preference, honestly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever you're doing is obviously working. And, you know, if you keep, I think if you keep on the path that you're on, you've got from the sounds of it, you have some really great people in your corner that are, you know, going to continue to steer you in the, in the direction you need to go to be successful. And it, and it's awesome. I do. That's like, I would say that's also like 99% of it is like who the, the people you have around you and that they're all 100% on your side, but then they'll like tell you, you know, their advice and stuff. And that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, you know, one of my last favorite questions I like to ask my guests is, um, you know, what kind of boots are you wearing when you're, you know, either on stage or just everyday day to day life? Well, on stage, I wear a lot of Dan Post, um, Idle Wind boots, uh, Dingo. 
those are the boots I wear. And then kind of just um, around the house, I have this pair that sounds bad. Like I don't care about, like I just wear them wherever. Yeah. Um, those are just like idle wins, just like kind of the very basic model. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my favorites. And then I always wear my hat uh, whenever I'm performing. And that's from American Hat Company. They're really great to me. So that's um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really fun getting to, I love like clothes and fashion and stuff. So that's like my favorite. It's like my favorite question. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I mean, and you've got a, you've got a knack for it. You know, you really do because like you, you look the part, you know, not, not that it's a part, you know, but it's, you know, you, you, you look. It's exactly just like, the way. yeah, it's just like authenticity again. You can yeah, just spot absolutely. it like real fast. Right. Right. And it, and you definitely, you know, you're you're definitely not a a girl from you know Baltimore looking to you know talk about the rodeo <laughs> you know right like, you know you, you definitely have it and you definitely have a sense of what it's really like and it's you know it's really awesome to see and you know I I honestly wish you nothing but the best of luck with everything that that you have going on well thank you so much that means a lot and I appreciate you for having me on oh of course anytime honestly <laughs> like whenever anything big or whatever is going on and you want to get it out there, you know, please send it, send it on over and, and we'll help you out and get it out there for you too, you know, because it's a different audience up here, you know, we will, we'll, uh, we'll hit you up. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, it was, a, it was an absolute honor and a pleasure to, uh, to speak with you and hear, hear your story. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, how about that? What a great conversation with Michaela. Michaela, again, thank you so much for your time. It was greatly, greatly appreciated. I can't wait to talk to you again. It's going to be a great time once we do. Um, really, thank you. Um, and everybody else, thank you. American Grit and Grace, Dirt Road, Supo Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Rowdy Roads, American Grit and Grace. If I already said that one, I'm sorry. Um, Afterglow Boutique, thank you all so much for your support. Um, also, support us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Thank you all so much for your time and your patience and your energy. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, keep the boots on the ground, whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone. Good night.